Anybody been there this, in, in, sometime in your life? Anybody experienced that? Yeah, well, good morning, church. Glad you're here this morning. We're extremely thrilled that you've joined us today, and we want to welcome you to Friend Day. And so, uh, my name is Doug, and I'm the East Campus Pastor, and we're going to do what Ross just talked about today. We are going to pivot, and we're going to pivot away from the book of Galatians just for today, and we're going to turn to a different passage of Scripture. Don't worry, we'll be back next week all the way through May 21st, continuing our journey through the book of Galatians. Now, how many of you, want to take a real quick poll, uh, how many of you are pulling for the Eagles today? Let me see you show of hands. All right, how many, uh, apparently the sound system is too. How many for the Chiefs? How many of you don't care? I thought since my team wasn't in, at least I could wear the jersey of the GOAT, uh, Tom Brady, so I wore that today. So uh, let me just say this to you, that if you're here on Friday, we're glad you're here, and here's the most important question I could ask you. How many of you would say, hey, Doug, I, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I truly have at least one really good friend in my life. Let me see your hand. Oh, my, everybody's hand dropped. That's kind of sad. Right? You have a good friend. Now, you want to be my good friend is this. Somebody that you can look to in your life that probably walked some journeys with you, right? They walked some journeys of some great times, some difficult times, some uneasy times. I mean, they walked a journey with you. Also, a great friend is someone that, that speaks truth to you. Even when, quite frankly, you don't want to hear it, they speak truth to you, right? And then there's those friends and good friends who ask you the hard questions. I have a lot of friends in my life. I have two good friends that live in Texas, and every week I talk to both of them at least once every week, and they ask me the hard questions. They ask me the hard questions about my marriage, my purity, my ministry, my time with the Lord. I mean, they ask the hard questions, and if you've got a really good friend, you know there's a good friend, they ask you hard questions. So here's a question for you. If your friend were to ask you this difficult question, how would you answer? Here's the question. You ready? Are you ready? Here's the question. If you were to die today, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt you would go to heaven? Yes. See, now for some of you, you've maybe got a really good friend that's never darkened the door of asking that question. For some of you, you've got friends like, you know what, Doug? If I ask them that question, that's really imposing on them. But I'm going to say, if they're a really good friend, one of the best questions you could ever ask somebody is this. If you were to die this very moment, do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt you would go to heaven when you die? And if they say, well, I don't know, the follow-up question would be, well, would you want to know? And see, I know that we've all got a lot of friends. But everybody look at me. I know you've got friends. But there is no question that you can ask your friends or is any more valuable than the question I just asked. Because it's the only question you can ask a friend that impacts and influences and gives insight into where they are going to spend eternity. And if you have a friend and you love a friend, should you not be willing to ask them that question? Come on, church. Should you ask them that question? Sure you should. So today I thought, how can we know? The question we're going to kind of wrestle with, how can we know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that when we die, we're going to go to heaven? And I feel like the best person to see the answer to is not you, it's not me, it's not the Apostle Paul, it's not Peter. Let's go to the man himself. Let's look at the words of the very Son of God, Jesus. So if you have a Bible, we're going to be in the book of Matthew, chapter 7. If you don't have a Bible, don't worry about that. We've got the, the, the verses will be on the screen. And if you want a Bible, we would love to give you one this morning. So as you leave today, stop at the connection table and say, man, I would love to have a Bible. We've got one waiting for you. But Matthew chapter 7, we're going to look at a passage where Jesus talks about how we know we can go to heaven. 
Now, Matthew chapter 7, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is an interesting passage of Scripture. But at the end of chapter, or kind of the middle of chapter 7, Jesus begins to answer this question. How can you know that you're going to spend forever with him in heaven? Now, quite frankly, listen, from this side of the room to this side of the room, including this guy on stage, don't all of us want to know the answer to that question? Don't all of us want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I can leave this place, I can get in my car, I can go through the rest of my days, the rest of my life, the rest of the moments that God has for me, knowing that when I leave this world, I'm going to go to heaven when I die. Don't we all want to know that? Well, Jesus gives us a ton of clarity. And as a passage we're going to look at today, there's three things that Jesus says I want you to notice. The first thing, Jesus gives us really the path of salvation. Here's the path to be saved. In verse chapter 7, verse 13, it says this. Jesus says, enter the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are what? Few. So here's what Jesus says. Here's the, the path to salvation. You ready? There are two gates. There's a wide gate and there's a narrow gate. And Jesus kind of talks about both gates. He says, first of all, this wide gate is a gate that when you enter it, the path is easy. Did you pick up on him saying that? It's an easy path. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, those who enter the wide gate, and we'll get to what that means in a minute, it's an easy path, and here's why. One reason is because it requires nothing out of you. It's all about what you want to believe. It's all about to build no conviction. You just kind of go with the flow. It's an easy path because nothing's required of you. It's also easy because it's about easy beliefism, meaning this. You know, when you enter the wide gate, that, that path is easy because those who enter are the people that kind of look at life, look at people, look at religions in the world, and they make this conclusion. Well, don't all paths really kind of lead to the same end? They kind of lead to the same end, right? Or they believe this idea of, you know, if, 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 I, if I do enough good and that good outweighs my bad, surely whoever's in charge of the cosmos will look at me and go, well, you weren't as bad as so-and-so, and the good outweighs the bad. Yeah, sure, I'll let you into my heaven. Or if they look at that and go, you know what, well, maybe if I just try hard enough. It's all about good intentions, right? If I work hard enough, try hard enough. I mean, how many of you want your kids to make A's when they're in school? Come on, don't lie. Come on, don't lie. All of you want your kids to make A's. But if they give their best effort and they come home with like a C plus, are you okay with that? Sure. So God must be okay with that. Listen, everybody knows I'm jacked up and got issues, but, but if I give my, be my best intentions, if I have the, the best intentions in the world, surely that's going to be good enough. See, those who enter the wide gate... It's kind of, if you want to picture with me, it's kind of like you looking at Times Square or Las Vegas. It's got the lights, the bells, the whistles. You walk in, and it's just easy because nothing's really required of you. You don't have to have a real conviction. You just kind of believe this notion that, hey, we're all going to get to the same place. It doesn't matter if you believe, if you're an Islamic or if you're a Mormon or if you're Jehovah's Witness. Hey, we're all just going to kind of get to the same place. And, you know, if not, maybe, maybe my works will get me there. Maybe my good intentions will get me there. And Jesus said this, many find this gate. Many. You know who many is? I don't know, but it's a lot of people, right? Many find this gate. In other words, there's many people as they look at life, the totality of their life, as they look at how they're going to live their life, what they're going to buy into, they buy into a notion that is an easy path, a path that, hey, I don't have to have any real convictions. All roads lead to the same. Just be a good person. Just have the best intentions. But look what Jesus said. He said, and this path leads where? To destruction. This path leads 
not to an eternity with me in heaven, but to an eternity apart from me in a place called hell. That's the wide gate. And then he says there's a narrow gate. A narrow gate, and he says the path in this narrow gate, it's tough. It's hard. Well, why is it hard? Because when you choose the narrow gate, if you choose the narrow gate that Jesus has for us, it's hard. And here's why it's hard. It's because it requires a lot of you. It requires you to have a real conviction. And here's the conviction you've got to have is that there's only one way to heaven. And it's through the person and the work of Jesus himself. Period. End of story. That's the narrow gate. That means if I choose the narrow gate, I'm choosing to say, acknowledge that there's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus. Also, I'm saying that ultimately my good works aren't good enough, and my good intentions aren't good enough. But you notice what Jesus said? And few find it. What's more, many or few? What's more, many or few? Many. So Jesus, here's the path to salvation. You ready? You can choose the wide gate, and it doesn't lead to heaven, it leads to hell. A place of no convictions, no belief system, thinking everybody's going to get in. It's kind of universalism. Or you can choose the narrow gate. And I'm telling you this is hard, not because Jesus is narrow-minded, but because there's only one way to eternity with him, and it's through Jesus. Period. And if you take that gate, you're going to be reminded your works aren't good enough. Your good intentions aren't good enough. You can't earn it, as we sang about a while ago, and we sure don't deserve it. But he says, but few find it. Just a quick thought. Is that troubling to anybody besides me? That few find it? So do you want to know how you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt you're going to heaven when you die? Here's one of the, here's one of the answers. You can ask yourself this question, which gate have I gone through? Do I buy into the philosophy that all roads lead to the same end? Do I buy into the philosophy that my good works and my good intentions are enough? If you buy into that, it's not going to send you to heaven. You're not going to be saved if that's your approach. Or have you entered the narrow gate saying, I know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, that no one comes to the Father but through him. My good intentions won't get me there. My good works, my good looks, whatever it may be, it's not going to get me there. You should have laughed because I am pretty sharp, by the way, okay? So, so none of that's going to get me there. Which gate have you gone through? How can you know? Well, you can know by going, which gate have I stepped into? And there may be some of you legitimately going, I, I don't know. Well, look what Jesus does next. He talks about not just the path of salvation. He talks about, secondly, the evidence of salvation. Look at me in verse 15. Jesus says this, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Our grapes gathered and thorn bushes are figs from thistles. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but a diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, and nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by your fruit. Here's what Jesus says. If you're unsure of which path you've walked through, you think you've walked through the narrow gate, but if you're completely unsure, here's how you can know. Look at the evidence in your life. Your life will bear witness whether you've gone through the wide gate or you've entered into the narrow gate. Your life will bear witness. If your life looks more like Jesus, yes, you're going to mess up. Yes, you're going to struggle. We all struggle. We all screw up. We've all got sin we've got to deal with. So don't think you've got to be perfect. But if you look at your life and go, I can see evidence of decisions that I would not make unless Jesus was my master and my Lord. 
I can see decisions that I make because Jesus is influencing me through his Holy Spirit. Look at your life and go, what does my life bear evidence of? Now, if I told you that I love my wife with everything in me, but I did nothing to show her love, what conclusion could you come to? I don't love her. Like, for example, husbands, how many of you would say, and I'm putting you on the spot, so I'm giving you a little bit of room here to kind of think about your answer. How many of you would say, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you love your wives? I want to see hands right now and, like, be, be proud, okay? How many of you know what Tuesday is? How many of you know what Tuesday is? That was just a free bone I threw at you in case you love your wife, all right? It's Valentine's Day, right? But you would make this conclusion, if I said I love my wife, but yet you never hear me speak well of her, speak well to her, or demonstrate my love for her, you would draw this conclusion. Your words, Doug, don't matter because your actions say a different story. That's exactly what Jesus is talking about. You can claim all day long to be a follower of Jesus, but if your life does not bear evidence of that, you've entered the wide gate. And if you're like, I don't know if my life bears evidence, ask a coworker, ask your kids. Ask your spouse, does my life bear evidence that I am a follower of Jesus? Jesus says, listen, if you want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to heaven when you die, you got to first ask, which gate have you gone through? The wide gate or the narrow gate? Secondly, what is the evidence of your life? What fruit is your life producing? Is it fruit that says, I'm a follower of Jesus? Or is it fruit that says, I'm a follower of the world's philosophies? Which one is it? And then Jesus comes to probably what is the most difficult, hard passage in all the Bible. Because he doesn't stop with that. He goes to a third point, and he gives us the truth about salvation lastly. The truth about salvation. Look with me, verse 21. Look what he says. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, talking about the day of judgment, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Jesus says, here's the truth about salvation, and I want you to get this. This is the most important thing I'm going to say all morning long. Here's the truth about salvation. Not everyone who professes to be a Christian is really a Christian. Not everyone who professes to be a follower of Jesus is truly a follower of Jesus. Jesus said, in fact, on that day of judgment, that moment that comes when they stand before me, which, listen, every single one of us one day are going to stand in judgment. Every one of us. And we're either going to hear one of two phrases. We're either going to hear, hear, good job, well done, my faithful servant, and be ushered into heaven, or we're going to hear, I never knew you depart, me, depart from me. That's the two things we're going to hear. And Jesus says there's going to be a lot of people that think just because they profess me that they really had a relationship with me. He said there's going to be some people that even call me the right name. Lord, Lord, they're going to have the right name for me. And they're going to call me Lord. And they're even going to say, hey, didn't I do all these good things for you? Didn't I teach people about you? I even cast out a demon or two. That was mainly my kids, but that was awesome. And I did that. And um, if you haven't had kids yet, you'll get that eventually. And, and, and look at all the great things I've done for you. But see, they've deceived themselves. They have bought into this notion that doing trumps knowing. 
And Jesus reminding those that he's talking to that one day when you stand before me, it's not about what you did for me. It's about did you know me? See, for Jesus, it's not about religious activity. You know, I've been to church. I give my money. I go to small groups. I do all the right stuff. It's not about religious activity. It's about a relationship with Jesus. Do you know beyond a shot of a doubt you have a relationship with Jesus? And then Jesus says, here's the verdict. Those people who come to me that say they did all this stuff for me and that's, that's the merit they want to enter into heaven, here's what I will say to them. Depart from me, for I never what? Knew you. This word know in the original language implies an intimacy. You never knew me. So what can we gather from this? Here it is. How can we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we are going to heaven when we die? Well, here's the question. Do you know just about Jesus or do you really know Jesus? Do you have a personal relation? I'm not talking about have you gone to church all your life. I'm not talking about did you go through confirmation. I'm not talking about did you grow up in Sunday school all your life or small groups. I'm, not talk, I'm saying has there been a moment in your life when you recognize that you were a sinner, you were separated from God, and you've done things, you've said things, you've, you've thought about things that were rebellion against God, and you realize that separates you, but, and you realize I need a Savior. I need someone to do for me what I could not do for myself, and that's saving my sins. I need Jesus. And has there ever been a moment that you've made that decision? See, that's the difference in knowing about Jesus, isn't it? And knowing him. Then Jesus, I'm sure he had all the attention of the people, just like I have your attention. He ends this whole sermon with an illustration. Look at the illustration he ends with. The last illustration he ends with is in verse 24. Everyone then, so in other words, he's wrapping it up. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house, but it did not fall because it had no, not been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell. And how great the fall of it was. Here's what Jesus says. Listen, I know you're hearing all that I'm talking about. See, he understands that he's letting them know, if you want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to go to heaven when you die, there's just some questions you can ask yourself. But here's how he wraps it up. There's two kinds of people. There are those who hear these words of mine and puts them into practice, and they're like a wise man who built his house on the rock, and there's those who hear these words of mine and totally ignores them as like a man, a foolish man, who built his house on sand. See, listen to this. Both builders heard the same message, didn't they? Both builders built a house, didn't they? Both builders built a house in the same general area. Both builders experienced the same storm. The difference is one builder built on the solid foundation and one builder built on a shallow, rocky, sandy foundation. One was authentic and one was counterfeit. One put their stake on Jesus and trusted him. One did not. And so I want to ask you this question. Which foundation have you built your life on? 
Have you built your life on the sand, this notion that my good works, my good intentions, and if I cross my fingers and I cross my toes and I cross my legs, when I die, maybe, just maybe I'll get in. Who wants to live like that? Who wants to live like that? Well, you know, I've done all the stuff I can do. I've done the best job I can do, my good works, my good intentions. Now I'm just going to cross everything I got and just pray, pray, pray at the end of the day. Maybe, 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 maybe. I'm definitely, I'm as, I'm as, I'm as good as anybody else, so maybe I'll get in. You wouldn't say that, but some of that's exactly how you're living because you've built your life on the sand. Or have you built your life on the rock and you understand there's only one way to be saved and that's by trusting Jesus with everything you have. So today, I'm going to make an assumption. I'm going to assume that you would call me your friend today. Would you do that just for this moment? Would you say that I'm your friend? friend. Okay, half of you are like, nope, not in the rock. Okay, let's try that again. Can you just say today, Doug, you'll be my friend. Are you okay with that? Say amen. Okay, good, because I'm going to ask you some hard questions. You ready? That's what friends do. Here's the first hard question. Which gate have you gone through? Not which one do you think you've gone through, but which gate have you gone through? If you lean toward, you know, I do think all roads lead to one path. You've gone through the wide gate. If you lean toward, well, you know what, I, I believe in Jesus, but really my works is what makes me the you know, kind of icing on the cake for me to get into heaven. Well, you lean through the wide gate. Or have you gone through the narrow gate that says it's Jesus alone. Which gate have you chosen? Second question is, what fruit is your life producing? Is it producing fruit that says, I'm a follower of Christ, or that I'm not a follower of Christ? What, what are, if, if I were to talk to your coworkers, your spouse, your kids, people that knew you best, what would they say about you? How would they answer this question? Yeah, they're going to talk about your struggles and your flaws and you being a knucklehead. I, I mean, I get all that, but ultimately, what would they say about you? That they are a lover of Jesus, or they are a lover of the world? What is the evidence you're producing? And then I'll ask you a third question. It's this. Do you know Jesus or do you just know about Jesus? Do you really know him or do you just know about him? There's a difference in head knowledge and heart knowledge. Head knowledge is knowing about him. But a heart knowledge says, I understand that he's died for me and I want a personal relationship with him. And let me just ask this question. If you don't know him, do you want to? See, that is the only question I can ask you that is an eternal question. Because your decision on what you do with Jesus, Savior, Lord, or you reject him, your decision with Jesus will determine where you will spend eternity. So would you want to know? So here's what we're going to do this morning. I want to ask you, just stay seated for a moment. Everybody stay seated. Just every head bowed, every eye closed. Nobody looking around. Every head bowed, every eye closed. And just stay seated for a moment. For those of you that are believers in the room, I want to hear you hear me say this. Many of you go, Doug, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I've gone through the narrow gate. Doug, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that there's evidence in my life. Doug, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I don't just know about him, but I truly know him. And if that's you, here's my challenge to you this morning. Have you exhibited the courage to ask your friends that hard question that I talked about earlier? And if not, why not? Why not? Their eternity hangs in the bounds. If you say that you belong to Jesus and you're living for Jesus and you know him and you know the only way to heaven is through him, don't you want your friends to know? So I want to challenge you this week, would you make that awkward phone call? Would you send that awkward text message? 
Would you make that awkward visit to a friend, a family member, whoever it is, and would you ask them this hard question about Jesus? And then for the rest of you here this morning, maybe there's some of you here today and you've never surrendered your life to Christ. Or you say, Doug, I thought I walked through the narrow gate, but I don't know. Can I just challenge you, would you nail it down this morning? I would love for all 200 plus people in this room right now to leave this place today knowing that when you slip into eternity, you're going to, first thing you're going to see is the face of Jesus. So if there's uncertainty, I don't want to create doubt, but if there's uncertainty in your heart, would you nail that down today? So this morning, for anyone, nobody's looking around. If you would say, Doug, I need, to, I need Jesus today. I need to surrender my life to him. Either I thought I was a believer and I need to nail it down, or I've never trusted Jesus before, and today I want to give my life to Christ. Would you just raise your hand up right now? Nobody's looking around. Just put it up and put it right back down. Amen. Put it up and put it right back down. Amen. Just put it up and put it right back down. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. If that's you, would you just simply pray this prayer? It's not because it's Doug's words. It's got to be the cry of your heart. Would you simply pray this to him? Say, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've said things. I've done things. I've thought about some things that was in rebellion against you. But today, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and be the boss and master of my life. And if you just prayed that prayer, Jesus came into your life, rescued you, saved you, and your now is written, name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And one day when God calls roll, he's going to call your name. One day when you stand face to face with him, you won't hear depart from me for I never knew you. You will hear well done, my good and faithful servant. Welcome home. So right now I'm going to ask you with every head bowed and eye closed, let's just stand together. Quietly stand together. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to pray for us. Before I do, Jesus said something pretty powerful. He said, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father. But if you accept me before men, I will accept you before my Father. In other words, if you know Jesus as your Savior, we should be bold in what we do. And so over to my left, it would be your right when you open your eyes. Jason Belcher and Kelly Belcher are going to be right over there. And Pat and Willie are going to be in the opposite side where you can see them. And then Don and Terry Jacobs are going to be in the back room because I know we've got a lot of people here today. And if you need to make that decision or you just made that decision, I'm going to ask you, would you go public with it? Would you go to Jason and Kelly or Pat and Willie or Don and Terry? They're in the, they're, you can't miss them. Two of them are up front, and one is in the very back hallway as you're leaving. And take a moment and say, today I gave my life to Christ, or today I need to give my life to Christ. Listen, the question of the day is, do you know that you know that you know that you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you die today, you're going to heaven? And if the answer is, I don't know, you can know. You can know for sure just by trusting him. God, we love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for our church. I thank you for the people here, God. I, I thank you for those that brought friends, Lord. Uh, it's this exciting day today. I thank you for those who prepared the food. It was wonderful, God. But today, the most important thing about today is this moment, Lord. 
this moment where we are forced to answer this question, what are we going to do with you, Jesus? Those who don't know you, will they receive you or will they reject you? Those of us that do know you, Lord, are we going to walk away and be committed to telling those around us? Or are we going to stay silent? God, today is a day of decision. So I pray for believers, Lord. I pray we believe here today broken over the few that find the narrow gate and making sure that we spend the rest of our lives pointing people to Jesus. But God, I pray for those that have not made that decision that today they would know their eternity hangs in the balance. And the only way to know for sure is by surrendering their life to Jesus. So God, would you move in their hearts right now? Would you guide us in this time of worship? God, we love you. And we thank you for all that you do. For it's in your precious and holy son's name we pray. Amen. Now this morning, if you just got junk in your life and you pray this altar will be open. But if you need to make that decision, or you did make the decision, Kelly will be right over here with Jason and Pat and Willie right there, and Don and Terry in the back of the room. Don't this moment slip you by. Don't just go incognito. Don't just go, well, that's between me and the Lord, and nobody else needs to know. That's not what Jesus said. We want you to be proud of the decision you made because your eternity has just changed. And let's celebrate that together as the band leads us in worship.